Hey there, I'm Donnie Spano and I welcome you to Faith for Today. I'm so thankful we have this time and this broadcast and we are looking today at a title that we're in, impressed to call Simple. And uh, what we're building faith in for this time is that it is so simple to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As children of God, ones who are born again, have received Jesus as Lord, we can expect every moment of every day that we can and um, should be led by the Spirit of God. Now, um, yes, sir, why has this been so complicated? Well, we live in a complicated world. All around us, we're pressed by a world that is trying to complicate things. We have a God of this world, Satan, who is all the time trying to bring thoughts and imaginations and thing that, things that um, go against the Word, go against the wisdom of God. And um, last week, we, uh, last broadcast for this, we looked at the wise way. Uh, go with me to Romans 16. And uh, this has been our encompassing verse for this uh, series. For this, yeah, thank you, Lord. And in Romans 16, we find that, that God says, He directs us through these verses that we are to be wise concerning what is good and to be simple concerning evil. And we're looking here in, uh, thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse number 19. Romans sixteen nineteen, and uh, I appreciate your faith working together that God would minister through us, through me, and, and help us to hear this right. Uh, it's only by His helping, by His Holy Spirit, that we'll get, and we'll get it right. And so it says here, For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise to that which is good and simple concerning evil. Thank you, Lord. Wise to what is good. The Amplified Classic says, wise as to what is good and innocent and guileless as to what is evil. Thank you, Lord. Simple concerning what's evil. So we talked about being wise to what's good. And we went to James. In fact, let's go there again and just recap for a brief moment. James, where it touches on, I want to say James 3. Let me get over there. Because it separates wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. And we find here. Thank you, Lord. James 3, we're going to look at verse 13. And we'll go through, I believe, to about verse 17. Let's see. Uh, verse 18. <clears throat> and it says here, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him or let them, this is man or woman, let them show out of a good conversation. Now, the Amplified Classic says, uh, Let him or let them by their noble living show forth their good works. So that conversation is a way of life. Show forth their good works 
with meekness of wisdom. But if they have bitter envying and strife in their hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. So we made this very clear that this, in the, Ampli in the Amplified Classic, it says bitter jealousy or envy and contention, rivalry, selfish ambition. Um, and it goes on and said, in your hearts, do not pry yourselves on it and thus be in defiance of and false to the truth. This superficial wisdom is not such as comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, it's animal, even devilish, demoniacal. For wherever there is jealousy or envy and contention, rivalry and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion. There will be unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, it's undefiled. Then it is peace-loving, courteous, it's considerate and gentle. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholehearted and straightforward, impartial and unfeigned. It's free from doubts, wavering, and insincerity. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So we find here, this is what we are to be wise to wise to what is good and the wisdom that is of God it gives us these clear parameters that you and I can tell okay is this that I'm getting inside me is this thought that is inward is this God or is this not God and it is this very uh, yes sir simple to find the separation between the two is this thought pure is it gentle is it something that's you know, reasonable. It's not impartial. It's not hypocritical. It is. And at the end of the day, and in fact, you'll find this, the very reason that Luke himself, you find this if you read the Gospel of Luke, he said, it seemed good to me also to write this. It seemed good. You find if you read through the, uh, the scriptures and Acts continuously, you'll find it seemed good that they perceived. And that is... Uh, words that give this, yes sir, clear, clarity and clear understanding and visual of what it is to be led by the Spirit of God, it is a sensing. It is a perception. We're told that out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. It is an inward knowing. And it is this perception, this seeming good, that there is a peace there. There is a rest. There's something that's pure. You can try it. And as it goes through, you're not, you don't have any wrong sensing about it. And we shared this, I believe, in past that there'd be times even before I was fully serving God, I, I had a knowing of Him and, and I, I loved Him. I wanted, but I was still living amongst the world, you know, doing things I shouldn't be doing. And I'd sense, I remember a time particularly that I'm not you know, necessarily doing right by God, but he's still for me. And um, something's going on, and, and I had this, this something's just not right. I just knew something's not right about this. And something happened. It wasn't right. And what I had was my conscience was bearing witness. And the conscience is that voice of our spirit that is talking, trying to get us across this. I, I remember our elder in the faith, 
early on in their ministry, I remember he said he was a prayer partner, and he said he was talking with a particular woman. She had just been mugged. And, um, you know, he's trying to calm her down and trying to understand, well, what happened? And she said, you know, she was quoting the 91st Psalm and, and quoting the 91st Psalm. And he said, well, you know, he, he finally the Lord helped me. He asked the question, you know, did you have a leading of God to go there that day? You know, were you supposed to be in that part of town? And she said, well, you know, I, I kind of had a bad feeling about it, but I just quoted that 91st Psalm. And I just said, you know, the Lord... You know, he's keeping me, you know, you know, there's no evil thing that shall befall me. No, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Right. Isaiah 50, you know, and people come to these kind of things and they're they're just trying to work the word to their own way and still do their own thing and put God on it. And that will not work. And so the whole time the Holy Spirit's trying to show her, don't go there. Don't go to that appointment. Change your plans. And she's not willing. And that is a. Uh, Yes, sir. That's insightful. That is insightful. And that's how being led of the Spirit of God is, is that we'll have something there, and then we have to be honest with that sight, what we see inside of us. And it might mean that, you know, we have to reschedule some things. It might mean we, you know, don't do those things or don't associate with those people. Or, and it's not against people at all. But it is against being true to the witness that we have. And that's the Holy Spirit is all the time testifying. He's all the time on the stand saying, this is what I heard from God. This is what I saw from, from the Father God. Do you want me to tell it to you? And it's so important that you and I go, yeah, let's hear it. And it will be a simple answer to any single thing that we need to know in this earth. And there have been problems that people have experienced, believers um, yes, sir. They've experienced these problems for year after year after year. And the answer is so simple. So simple. And so simple that it's just a natural change that they need to make. And directed by the Spirit of God, it's a supernatural work. But they've been dealing with it for years. They've been just allowing it, just suffering it. And don't need to. But, yes, sir. It's important we don't just slap our little, you know, Christian themes and labels on things. You know, I'm just believing God. I'm just trusting God. I'm just believing. Believing Him for what? If we haven't even fellowshiped with Him about this thing, haven't taken time to ask Him about it, to spend time with Him about it, we have no direction about it, then how do we know that we're really trusting Him and doing what He said do about this thing? So, that being said, let's transition and change gears here and let's go and talk about it being too simple. Many times what happens is that, you see, the voice of our, of our spirit is speaking to us. And it'll come across sometimes like our own voice. It will be so seeming, yes sir, okay. Let's go to the verses about this, and then, then we'll go back to that. Uh, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses starting at, we'll go from 1 through 11. 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 11. Hallelujah. Don't you enjoy the Word of God? Thank you, Lord, for your Word. 
1 Samuel 3, verses 1 through 11. <clears throat> Can you and I grow in being led by the Spirit of God? Can the leading of the Spirit of God become more and more simple to us? I believe it can. I believe it will. And here in the first verse it says, And the child, excuse me, the child Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Notice this is to a child. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And Ur, the lamp of God, went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord, who did? The Lord called yet again. Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli. Notice the voice of the Lord is so natural seeming to, to uh, Samuel that he thinks it's Eli talking to him. And this is the second time that this seeming natural voice and thought that's coming to him sounds like a man that he knows. <clears throat> and he said, thank you, Lord. And uh, Samuel rose, went to Eli, and said, Here am I, for you did call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He does not yet know the Lord, yet he's hearing from the Lord. Can you see this? Does He neither yet knew the Lord, but yet the Lord's called him twice. He's heard it. Hallelujah. He's responded. And it also goes to show that, uh, yes, sir, our not being perfect in being led by the Spirit of God is not the prime indicator on whether we're going to hear from Him today, tomorrow, next week. You see how merciful God is. As soon as He went back to a place of rest, He heard again. Samuel, the, the voice of God came right back to Him. When he was at that place of rest, when he went and laid down, the voice of God came right back. Now let's go back to that verse. And it said, uh, yes, sir, uh, seventh verse. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he call you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that hears it shall tingle. Can you see this? Here is a child, and God's talking to him about what he's going to do in this nation. God is talking to the child about a national, yes sir, uh, a national uh, happening, occurrence, what he's going to do. 
He said, it's going to be so big of a thing that the ears of everyone that hears it are going to tingle. They're going to be moved by what is occurring here. And he's telling this to a child whom he could trust. It's very important that we not be, well, let me not get off track. Let me stay on course here. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're talking about things being too simple. 1 Kings 19. Now, it's very interesting that Samuel later was getting a wisdom, vision from God. God was talking to him about how Eli was not faithful in what he was doing, that God was going to have to do some correcting there, that Eli was um, not correcting his sons and doing what was needed over their ministry. And, and so God is giving this wisdom to a child. Now, this child, he, he didn't even... Samuel did not even really want to tell Eli. Eli had to really prompt him to tell him the truth about this matter, and he told him honestly what he had seen and heard from the Lord. It's very important that we not judge according to appearance, but we judge after righteous judgment. And that means that there are some people that may be well below our years that God will still show some things that are for us. And it's in wisdom that we will hear it, even though they may be much our junior, well beneath our age. This happened in the life of Jesus. God, He chose through the Old Covenant and through His, his uh, ways that Jesus was to enter into His ministry in the time frame He did. And at that ripe age, He took upon Himself ministry, and at a ripe age, he took the Lord's cup in fury and took upon him sin for all mankind and became the offering for all of mankind. God could have waited until he was 60 years old if he wanted to. No, he chose him at a young age. And so Jesus had the words of God and he's going to many doctors of the law, people that have studied for 30 more years than him, have a lot more knowledge than him, I don't think Jesus was disrespectful at, at all of those his elder. But if you got words from God and you're saying them in the spirit of love in the right way, you're doing everything right before God. People have a choice whether they receive it or not. And many of them would not. Most of them would not. In fact, there was a meeting there. I believe it was uh, there in Capernaum. And it said that the doctors of the law were there. It said the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal them, and none of them got healed. The only one that got healed was the man that came down from the roof. They took off the roof. I believe this was actually their house there in Capernaum. Jesus, you know, the, the house that they utilized. And they removed the roof, and the friends are bringing them down in, and he gets healed. Yet all these people that have studied for years upon years, and they know God, they don't get healed. They don't get what they need, which meant if the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal them and they didn't, they needed healing that night. They needed healing that day. They didn't get it. So it's important that we not judge after appearance. Now here in uh, 1 Kings 19 verse 9. Thank you, Lord. 1 Kings 19, verse 9. Let's go through verse 9 through 13. And it said, And he came there to a cave and lodged there. 
And behold, the word of the Lord. Now this is Elijah. He's coming to this cave. Now he's left. Let me, let me reiterate this. He's left uh, Jezebel, who is calling for his life. And um, he's fled. He at this point thinks that he's the only one still serving God. Uh, the only one God can use. He thinks he is heavily outnumbered. And he's running. And so here he is. Let's look again now in the ninth verse. And it says, And he came there to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What do you hear, Elijah? What are you doing here? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, God said, Go forth, stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. Now this is God's moving. The Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, busted those mountains up, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Notice Elijah was not hurt. No one underneath was touched or hindered. Now the Lord passed by, the rocks broke, and no one was hurt. And it said, but the Lord was not in the wind. Uh. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. So there are all of these magnificent works, wondrous works, and God's not in any of it. These are spectacular things happening, and God's in none of them. But yet here, what is He in? Let's continue in that verse. And after the fire, a still, small voice. The, the Amplified Classic says, After the fire, a sound of gentle stillness and a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What do you hear, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your... So he's going through and saying what I just ministered. And God starts to tell him, no. Um, let's look at the 18th verse for a quick moment. He gives him direction about what he's supposed to do. And then he says, yet I've left me 7,000 in Israel, in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed to Baal and every mouth which has not kissed him. So he gives him direction about what he's to do to set things in order. And he tells him, you're not right on how you're looking at this because there are thousands that I still have to go and do for me. And so in this place, we see God was not in the spectacular. He was in the supernatural word. And those words that were coming forth, that was spirit. It was directing of spirit. It was spirit directives. Now let's look at 1 Kings chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's very important that uh, these things not become 
dull to us, that we not get to a place where we think we've already got this, we've already known this. Because if we look round about us, if we're honest with ourselves, there are many that have not been led of the Spirit of God. Many around about us, many in our lives, there are many that are missing the leading of the Spirit of God. And what it means is that they're not enjoying the best. They're not entering into what God has fully supplied. And let's be honest, here Elijah is being asked of God, Why are you here? Elijah, what are you doing here? Well, why would God ask that question? He obviously knows why he's there. He obviously knows what's in his heart. Why is he asking? It's not for God's sake. It's for Elijah's. The truth is, <laughs> did Elijah even ask before he went there? Now, God had sustained him, caused him to eat and have plenty of food to get out to his journey and be there. And, but why would God ask him, what are you doing here? And this is the man of God of his time. And he's needing some help to be led by the Spirit of God. Is it possible you and I could use some help being led by the Spirit? Yes, yes. And this is one of the greatest things that you and I can do. It undergirds every other part of living and walking with God. Is that we get focused. We set aside the other things. We put fear in its place. And we let the Spirit of love show us the best way. And that means really focusing. Focusing on Him taking time with Him, and uh, yes, sir, there are things that people don't realize. The simple answer is connected to what they think cannot change, what they are drastically wanting to change in their life, and there are simple things God's been saying, do this, and they think, no. Why are they thinking no? Because most of the time they're thinking that's more them than God. And it's been too simple. It's no different than Samuel running to Eli and thinking, you called me. And that's what people, they've heard something. There's been a prompting. There's been a witness. And they've thought, no, that's just, that's got to be me. <clears throat> that's got to be me. And there are too many people that have had much more experience than us that for years they thought, you know, that's, that's not God. All to come to find out that was God the whole time trying to help us, trying to get us out of that situation, trying to. But why? It was too simple. It, it looked too much like us. And it, it was if we hear something from God and assign it as our own thought, then we treat it like it's our own thought which means it is not honored and valued the way it should be. We need to really take inventory. You know, businesses do this every month. Take inventory, take stock of what's coming in, take stock of what's going out, and we need to take stock of the thoughts in our heart. Is this God? Is this me? Take time. Ask, Father, are you talking to me about this? Take time to set aside our own things. Lord, I will do it your way. Whatever you would have me to do, I will do it. 
I, I'm, I'm thinking now, I know there was a, an elder of ours having a respiratory issue, talking to the Lord about it. The Lord was finally able to get it to them. Okay, put a shirt on when you go to sleep and turn the fan off and completely relieve that problem. That is supernatural working. The natural thing God tells you to do, and when He tells you to do it, that's spirit. That's the super. That's a supernatural work. Many have not wanted that. They wanted spectacular, and they missed supernatural. Let's not do that. Now let's go in closing to our closing scriptures here in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. And we'll see something similar here. Now, the wisdom of God can be so subtle that it can be mistaken as our own thought or idea. Many have unknowingly resisted the will of God, thinking that that idea was just their own. We must continue to remind ourselves that God is supernatural, not necessarily spectacular. We need not chase wonders. There will be natural directions dictated by the Holy Spirit that cause supernatural working and this is miraculous and wonderful working of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Now here in the first verse, it says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. He has invested in this. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter has come to you, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes. He's tearing his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeks a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elijah the man of God had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore have you rent your clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come again to you, and you shall be clean. So that's good news, right? Not to him. Why not? Too simple? Too simple? Just go wash yourself. Yeah, seven times. Too simple. He didn't even have the, the decency to come see me face to face. Sent his servant, sent his messenger to me. You too uppity for me? This is, these kinds of things are getting in the way. Getting in the way from God's best. It almost cost him his healing. Let's continue. But Naaman was wroth. And went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Strike his hand over the place 
and recover the leper? Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he returned and went away in a rage. He's about to miss God in a rage, in a huff, because they didn't do it the way I thought they should. I'm better than that. Don't they know who I am? Don't they know what I was going to give them? Don't they? Who do they think they are? He's about to miss God. Let's continue. And his servants came near. This is where good help is a blessing of God. 13th verse. His servants came near, spake to him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid you do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he says to you, wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan. He just do what the Lord said do. And this is how he was wondrously healed. But it came back to, listen, you would have done a great thing. Why not just do the simple thing God told you to do? And so when he went there, dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, his flesh came again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Hallelujah. This is the answer. So I'm believing with us that in these days, it won't be too simple. That we will take, take inventory, take stock of what comes to our heart. Make sure that we don't just set it aside and go, yeah, yeah, all right. No, if that's God, that needs to be treated of higher value and importance. And these other things can wait. If that's God, that needs to come up. We need to set that aside. We need to make that important. We need to write it down in our notes. We need to make sure that thing is first. These other things, okay, we'll get to it. But this, we can see, this is God. This is pure. This is peaceable. I got, this is, this is Him. That needs to be important. And it needs to make, we need to make sure it's not too simple. Not, not too easy. May not be what we thought it would be. But if that's God, that's what we want. That's what we do. Hallelujah. That's all for this broadcast. We love you, friends. We bless you. And we will see you soon.